It's time to hammer. Okay. Now I gotta really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. The Young Chunks Podcast. Young Chunks! Hello, everybody, and welcome to After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I'm Sean Davis, and with me is Matt Chewy. Hello. And Ryan Davis. Hey there. And we're recording a podcast for the second time tonight. Oh, Whoa. sure are. Well, it's not yep. the first time we recorded two podcasts on the same night. I mean, we, yeah. did the, we, did, we did E3 and what was the Incredibles 2 the same night. Yes. But this is the um, first time we've had to record the same content. Yes, this is the yeah. f- because of technology and power. Uh, power is a fun uh, thing. Technology. Hey. Yeah, we lost. We lost some of. Yeah, we lost our previous attempt at this episode. So, um, we'll. we'll but we're, that's not going to affect our enthusiasm and passion for. Oh, it's our affected. Talking. I'm. I've already oh. been affected. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's already happened. No, we have to pull through. All right, let's try to get your fans okay. demand it. All right, all right, um, let's do this. Yes. Well, it's us three. Matt or Matt is here, but Vince and Chris are not here. They have gone missing, and this is all f- like old jokes that were in our previous well, episode. Why don't we say them again? You gotta make a new joke. All right. Make no, but they joke. don't know. You they don't make know a new it's a joke for why Vince and Chris aren't here. Okay, fine. Vince and Chris aren't here because they're in Catalina. No, that's no. The- you're, you're messing everything up. <laughs> I'm the one that went to Catalina. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Dang it. Take three. All right. Uh, yeah, they're not here. But yeah, Matt. They're not you... here because didn't we ask them not to be here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we politely asked them not to be here. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So the real reason is that. Um, we're doing Comic-Con tonight. We're going to talk about Comic-Con, but only two of us of Yum Chunks actually attended Comic-Con, myself and Ryan. Um, so, and, and Matt will be talking with us about it and asking his questions, but we felt it would be kind of strange to have a five-person podcast with three people who do not attend the subject of what we're talking about. So, yeah, there you go, folks. Inside, okay. inside. Okay for E3, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think. But before we get to Comic Con, Comic Con, what uh, what else happened? Because you weren't here for you haven't been with us for a while. Yes, where, I, where have you been, Matt? Uh, this actually, this is great. This gives me an opportunity to do all this much smaller and more succinct and <laughs> yes. not ramble as much as last time. <laughs> I am married. <laughs> Definitely not longer or more rambly. <laughs> I got married. You guys mentioned oh, yeah. it in the last episode. But yeah, as guys as having both attended and participating in various mm-hmm. various aspects of the the uh celebration. I And am, I helped. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Sean did it. I mean you guys you said that last episode, but Sean actually I asked Sean to yep. perform the wedding ceremony and he was like, But I'm not a priest. I'm like, well, we're gonna change but that. Now. We're gonna change that, Buster. So the the ceremony is really. I just read the script from a gentle hike, and that somehow worked, just word for word, on on the podium. It did. Yeah, it's real. It's very <laughs> profound. What is it about a a sweet angel? Someone says <laughs> yeah, a sweet friendly angel yes. or something there's, like that. There's plenty of yum chunks. Yeah, content and you're gonna make a great dad. <laughs> oh no. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it went really well. Um, yeah. everybody where we've, we've got lots of great feedback from, 
from the ceremony. <laughs> we've got we've got for next some time. Notes for next time. Improve next time. Those great Yelp reviews on our wedding. <laughs> five out of five. We'll attend again. Oh, you, good. Uh, That's good. Do you guys? I was I was too drunk to remember. But do you guys remember? Do you guys? Any of you guys check out the arcade machine? Yeah, we yeah. did. We were playing a couple things. I remember Simpsons specifically. Played some. We almost beat Simpsons, but then there was a song playing on the dance floor, so we had to abandon. We we're like on the second last level or something. What was the song? Do you remember? It might have been. What was it? It was. Um, oh, it was. I think All Star. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. say All Stars where people got crazy. Yes, that's yeah. important. You can't pause arcade games. Exactly. So. I know. That's the one downside. Yeah. Well, you fancy know, fancy arcades. I I I requested and made sure that uh, Shake It Off was on the playlist. And then um, when the song came on, I had, like, because, like, when you're, like, the one that gets married, you just have to be <laughs> doing things the whole time. Like, yeah. you have to go talk to everyone, and you have to go make sure everyone's in a good time, and you got to go experience all the things and just make rounds. And, and then, like, the photographer has, like, oh, like, they they need you to take certain pictures at certain times doing certain things. So, like, we just kept on getting pulled away. Um, and we were doing pictures when shake it off came on and i was like i was so yeah bu- i was so because i remember out. like hearing it halfway through and we weren't on the dance floor and you weren't on the and, like no one was i was like oh no we're missing it yeah well i remember that moment too it was very sad like by the time i was like just about to get away like taylor was finishing her like my girlfriend had that whole part, you know, and yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna make it in time. Like, I could just, I could just ask the DJ to restart the song, but um, no, no, it, it's too late. that seems like it. Yeah, it was. I was a missed opportunity. That's okay. And I, when it came on, I was like, No, I'm missing my lady. And some of my former students who were helping out with the wedding, they're like, uh, Taylor is sure. And I was like, Listen, Maeve is the second choice. <laughs> and she understands she gets she it gets it there's an agreement uh yeah. well if that's the worst thing about you know that happened in the wedding then i will say it was a pretty darn good wedding and also you didn't have a knife for your cake right yes that. that was the that's story right. i told last time we recorded this podcast <laughs> is that of all the possible things that can go wrong which was really nerve-wracking um we didn't nobody thought to bring a, a knife to cut the wedding cake like the cake the, the, the one that's important the cake the important cake yeah, yeah. Um, but we found one. We got one from the caterer right as they were packing up to go, and I don't think we ever gave it back. Whatever. I don't know. Suckers. If, if, it was all a ploy. If, to get that if uh, yes, if Casanova Fish Tacos happens to listen to our podcast, um, if you're missing a knife, we're sorry. I, we don't know where it is either. Also, Chris Schmidt, you're a fool for not trying those tacos. What a, what a fool. What a. Oh yeah, those oh, were yeah. so good. What a fool. You I didn't even have the cake. Man. or anything no i when we we went t- that was what's one of the cool things about planning a wedding is that like when you're trying to figure out who's gonna you're gonna hire for catering or you know all those things people are just like hey come by our place we'll feed you for free and uh when we went we went to test the fish tacos we were but as soon as we walked out Maeve and i were both like so this is it right like because i can't <laughs> i can't live the rest of my life never eating these tacos again and, they, and they're uh they're catering only like they don't have a restaurant so Wait a second. What proof do you need to show them that you're actually getting married? I don't think you need to show any proof. That, I mean, because that's well, the thing is that we could have decided to not I kn- go with well, them. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, all right, I gotta find like, I just like, yeah, we're getting married. Give us free food. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, in all, in all seriousness, you, you probably could. 
You could probably get away with that. But uh, I mean, that's how I treat real estate showings. <laughs> ha ha, sucker! You showed me this house. I'm not gonna buy it. Yes. Little do they know. Yep. That was good. Uh, and then, not the day after, but two days later, we went on our honeymoon. We went to Catalina Island, which is a little island near off the coast of LA. For our non-California listeners. Um, I'd never been there. Maeve went there as a little kid, but I'd never been there before. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a little little seaside town. It's uh, I was telling Ryan before we started recording, but like every restaurant there, think like Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Like that's just like <laughs> that's every restaurant. That's the that's like the vibe. No, it's not every restaurant isn't literally Margaritaville. But I mean, uh. like the decor and the menu and just the vibe is general. Yeah. Like is like that. Um, also, it reminded me a lot of Super Mario Sunshine. Um, just kind of like it's all around this like circular bay, and there's just stuff in it. And, and you were cleaning up sludge everywhere. No and Italian plumbers are spraying you with water all over the place. <laughs> this was post Mario Sunshine in the timeline in the Mario timeline. Oh, okay. This, this, being cleaned. Yeah, it's okay. Mario's wandering around a city full of humans or something. I don't know. Did uh did Mario Sunshine come out before or after Step Brothers? Because does that fit? How does that fit into the timeline? Uh, I'm pretty. Sure, I think before. I think before because I think by yeah. the time Step Brothers came out, I think the Wii was already. I think that was Wii era. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they might have even had a scene in the Wii. All right, mm-hmm. so then they were on Al Dafino as well, the Catalina wine mixer. Absolutely, yes. We brought our Step Brothers DVD and watched it one of the nights. Which is absolutely a thing that people do on their honeymoon. That's a normal thing to do. That's a normal thing. Also, yeah. I'm sure everyone who lives on Catalina is so freaking tired of all yeah. like tourists and coming yeah. in and just like yelling, Catalina effing wine mixer! You know, I'm just Probably. like, yeah, we get it. But do you know they actually have a Catalina wine mixer now? And, it, and it's... in Because of that film? Yes, because of the film. <laughs> and uh, the company, Catalina is, it's part of LA County, but it's owned by like a private like conservancy company conservation company whatever um they're the ones that put it on like they the yeah. like catalina island actually officially has an a- official catalina <laughs> wine mixer now and part of it is that they do a, a midnight screening of stepbrothers one of the nights oh that's, and, oh, that's and awesome like place. a costume contest which is strange because i don't know what kind of costumes you're you're, yeah. you're gonna get out of stepbrothers but they do an, a costume contest every year and then there's Everyone like just... <laughs> Dressing up as John C. Riley, I suppose. Well, yeah. I guess, or like kind of Chewbacca masks. I guess. Oh I yeah, yeah. I would make. I bet you know. I'm sure you, if you really want to get creative, be creative. You, can, you can mine that. Yeah, but it was a good time. Uh, I went jet skiing. Um, I went on a. I went on a semi submarine, which is a. It's like a. It, it doesn't go all the way underwater, but you you go on <laughs> you go underneath it and you get to see all the fish and everything and. Uh, and what else? Oh, 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 yeah. And I went on a Jurassic Park style bison tour because there's just wild bison on the island that some film crew in the 20s brought over to film the movie, and then they just left them there. And now there's just <laughs> now there's just bison. So uh, simpler times back then. Just make a movie and mess everything up, and don't have to worry about. Cleaning. Yeah, it's it's not your problem. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> it's, it's too much, too expensive to bring him back. But uh, yeah, we were on a little jeep tour. There's a part of the jeep tour where, like. There was just like mountain cliffs on both sides of the road, and then, oh, one of the parts of that tour, when we were on the cliff part of it, um, there was just a bison just sitting on the trail, and we're like, well, we can't drive around it. <laughs> there's no, there's nowhere to go, so we better hope it moves. So we had to sit there for a few minutes and wait for it to get up, and then just kind of wander away. So yeah, that, that was horrifying. 
<laughs> oh, People and then live I, at, yeah, the whim of the bison. Yes. Catalina. Then I ate a bison burger on my last day for lunch. Oh, you showed him. You got the last laugh Before on I got one. on the boat. Right before I got on the boat to leave, I ate a bison burger. And uh, <laughs> just to stake my claim over the island. I'm the, I own Catalina now. I'm the master of Catalina Island. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Yes. Um, well, sounds like a good old time. You know, it was. On... And it was, I, I, I feel like as far as honeymoons go, I feel like it's a good one for like, like it was weird enough, you know? Like, it's not just, like... <laughs> uh, I guess. I think it, I, I feel like it was just, like, it was cliche enough to be, a, a, like, a regular honeymoon, but just, like, the bison thing and the submarine thing just kind of sets it over the edge of weird, right? Where I, I feel like I didn't... So it was your own? Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, I feel proud of it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. That's good. Let's take your claim on that little slice of Americana. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I've been, um, I've actually been back for a little while, but I missed the last episode cause, uh, you guys recorded on the day that I came back and I didn't have time to see Ant-Man that day, but I've seen it now. There you go. That's good. You saw it. Good. Yes. Um, briefly tell us what you thought. I agree with you guys for the most part. <laughs> I think I probably, yeah, that's good. I think I probably liked it more than you guys, but I totally agree that it was, I wish all the individual conflicts connected more and and also what one of you guys was saying like the base never dropped like there wasn't yeah, that I, like yeah that's what I said you, that. some of you guys' examples that you used as far as the base dropping like the like the thor moment in uh yeah i don't know if those and, were great examples like i feel like it didn't drop as in like the plot didn't really culminate like i was waiting for a long time well, to yeah. kind of wonder like if all these plot threads are gonna kind of like yeah i was waiting for the other shoe to drop kind of you know like just kind of like yeah. oh i get and it really did feel like there were several different episodes of an Ant-Man TV show happening all at the same time. <laughs> it was yeah, no, fun. totally. It was a good yeah. time. It was yeah. it was fun. Um, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. I think I still liked the first one a little bit better. Um, you guys mentioned that I, I said I, I put Ant-Man as my favorite Marvel movie. I don't think that's the case. I think I, I, I said that... If I said that, I said that while I was drunk at my bachelor party. But... Um, but it was a crazy night. It was. Chewie make was it accusations. <laughs> okay, well, to be fair, you guys at 3.30 in the morning out on the fourth floor of this building out on the deck got into an argument about whether or not Iron Man or Captain America was more pragmatic. And you guys had to... <laughs> it's a good debate. That's what the core conflict you guys is. And drunkenly shouting at each other about what the definition of pragmatic actually was. <laughs> so if we're never invited back to that lake house... like. <laughs> That I is... think they'll want us back to the like, like how often can we get those guys back? <laughs> so as far as as far as loud proclamations about Marvel movies go, I don't know that my saying Ant Man is my favorite is the most ridiculous. <laughs> all right, we all made some ludicrous statements. We all night. said some things that we wish we could take back. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. So, yeah, you you kind of in line with us. So, listeners, this is bonus bonus addendum to previous episode. There you never go. thought that would happen. No, no. There you, you go. Didn't care, but but it's there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You also mentioned that you finally finished Uncharted Quattro. Yes, I mentioned it in take one a little bit more about how our our Bison <laughs> Jurassic Park tour reminded me of the uh, the. Um, the Madagascar levels, which I think are probably that was probably my favorite stretch of of game in the game. But um, yeah, 
Yeah, I loved Uncharted 4. I'm not just saying that because you helped, you worked on it. I, I think it's by far the best one. I'm, I also don't think it's fair to say because I I feel like you go back. I just came off of playing the, the remaster of the trilogy. And I, I just I don't know if the first three games hold up as well now when you compare them to next gen games. Like I feel like yeah. they, it doesn't feel like there's as much there. And Uncharted 4 was kind of taking the Uncharted formula and kind of reaching the potential of this era of gaming kind of more of the open world stuff there was some more i did think it was hilarious that like like uh some of the new features that were added like oh that you have a rope like but he never had a rope before like yeah i know it is uh, i just i just (laughs) remember the big paradigm shift a rope he's like he's like i just remembered just now that i had a brother and we used to go around on ropes oh i should bring my rope (laughs) to this adventure or like or like i imagine because you know on this game there's a lot of reminiscing about the last games especially at the beginning yeah yeah. i imagine years from now him reminiscing about this adventure with like his family going like wow remember that was the adventure where we slid we slid down a bunch of muddy hills like <laughs> there were no hills on any Some of our reason, previous adventures. Just for whatever reason, we were just really into sliding down slopes <laughs> that year. I don't know, but sure got us where we needed to go faster. Yeah, I don't know why you never thought about doing that in the in, in the previous adventures. <laughs> and also the rope thing. There's like we had this rope with us the whole time, which was cool and new for some reason, but we never used it to like help each other boost up or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a pivotal part where I had to go off on my own because someone couldn't like reach two feet up. Right. And I had a rope myth with me, but nah. <laughs> no. And that was also another thing about this game in particular. It's like there were diff- there are parts of levels where it was like we can't figure out how to get from here to here. We need uh, you, use your rope. <laughs> you have a rope. There's plenty. Of, you forget your rope. There's a lot of things to tie that rope to, but you know that's that's real nitpicky. Yeah. Video that's the, games. That's just, that's the kind do? of stuff that like yeah. you know a video game any series fall when you try to actually. Yeah. The, I was thinking about it. I was because I, I was playing it and Mabe was watching. We were we were comparing it to a lot of the Batman series, the Arkham series. Because, yeah. like, that one jumps around in the timeline all, a whole bunch, and oh, you're kind of yeah. like, wait, but he had this technology in this one, but not in this one, and eh, whatever, who cares? It's fine. <clears throat> I do feel like at a certain level, like, the designers mostly are all aware of these things, too, but mm-hmm. I think there's, like, like if we just keep doing it up, we'll wear the audience down, and that's, <laughs> an, that's good enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that they don't care anymore. Yeah, but it, it was a good. It was good a good game design, kids. Yes, it was a good amount of new features. Uh, the story was classic Uncharted story, almost to a fault at times. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's good. It was like full. Good. It was like fully realized Uncharted. I feel like it was like Uncharted at its like peak performance, like yeah. firing on all cylinders. Good time. I can't wait cool. to play Lost, the, Lost World, the Fallen Kingdoms. Yes. Yep. Good. Uh, yeah. I think that's all that's noteworthy, pretty much. You know. Uh, well, yeah. So you did a lot of things. That yeah. was a lot of things you did. There you go. Good job. Who else? What What else? Besides Comic-Con, which you guys both went to, what have you guys been up to in the last week or so? Um, well, as Sean mentioned, on the first round, we watched Ibiza ten times. Oh, right. Okay. fantastic movie. On oh, this is, where the, this is where my computer lost power. To... Yep. Hopefully I didn't curse us. Oh, boy. I'm scared. Okay. Tell me about Ibiza. I haven't heard of this. Oh, uh, nope, you haven't. It's uh, this fantastic <laughs> Netflix movie um, on Netflix. It has Britta from Community and Vanessa Bayer from SNL and oh. some other people like Rob Stark. 
and it's just that's it's what just a delight. that's what Vanessa Bear has been up to. I was like, what could Vanessa Bear? Why? What could she possibly have going for her that would be good enough for her to quit SNL? <laughs> and it was this movie. Yeah, that's it. Was it you worth it? it? Was it good? Was it worth it? Uh, <laughs> only if you watch it ten times. Yeah, the tenth yeah. time it makes it worth it. Uh, she was really. She was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, but it, it's scenes and it's hilarious. I mean, it's basically just like a. I don't know what's that type of comedy called. Like a like a one crazy night. Yeah, kind of thing. Like oh, like we're gonna go bad. get drunk and go crazy with my friends and yeah, that kind of. Gosh thing. dang it! I want that movie for the MCU. I was hoping for Phase Two. I want. I wanted Bruce Banner and Black Widow's in bachelor party. That I. Oh yeah. That... And then and then Bruce Banner hulks out and escapes, and it's the Hangover. But and they got to go God, track him down. I wanted that path of destruction. Yes. Well, to tide you over, you go watch Ibiza. Okay. Yeah. It's it's the same, right? Actually, the real reason we stopped recording, kids, is because we want, we just went and watched Visa again, and we forgot yep. to save our file, so we had to start over. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we watched that. What else happened? Uh, I the I mentioned a couple episodes ago that the demo for this game, Octopath Traveler, was out, but now the actual game is out, so I've been playing that for a little bit, and that's cool. Um, exactly what I was hoping it was going to be. Another, Classic JRPG fun. Another thing I'm frantically googling right now. Octopath oh, yeah. Travel. It, it's the sequel to Octodad. <laughs> that's what I. I'm sorry. I was expecting <laughs> to just come up right now, but no, that is not. <laughs> it is not at all like Octodad. No. It has a weird name, as all those translated JRPGs. Not all of them. But <laughs> well, also the word name. traveler, like it would make sense for it to, because the, that's the gimmick of Octodad is like, it's impossible to move around. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, now the dad is going on a, on a, on a quest. A road he's trip. Gotta, yeah. He's got to travel. Boy. Oh boy. That's going to be difficult for his circumstances. <laughs> uh, maybe he goes to Catalina Island. Oh boy. Um, but that's, uh, but yeah, comic Con is pretty much what I've been up to. Not much time for anything else. Cause that, that, just takes it all out of you that's the thing that's the thing about so, it so um ryan did you have you been watching or playing or doing anything else uh oh i watched this movie tau on mm. netflix it has the girl from it follows and which i thought she was pretty good um and it does have gary oldman as the voice of a robot so I would definitely not recommend it. <laughs> it's just one of, another one of those Netflix movies that you know it kind of feels half baked. Yeah. I yeah. I kind of want to do like a whole episode just on all these random Netflix movies that like how did they get made? That you know what I mean? Like and then a whole another episode on Ibiza. Well, yes, well, Ryan, obviously. Ryan, I was just sitting there in anticipation to see if you were actually going to recommend a Netflix movie finally. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, have, I, I have yet to recommend every time a, a we, Netflix movie. Every time we do this segment of the podcast, you always talk about the terrible <laughs> Netflix movies you've been watching and then say, yeah, don't don't watch that. Don't watch yeah. it. He's I mean, doing I, the dirty work so we don't have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, uh, I'm appreciative of that, yeah. Well, you're welcome. It's a service. Um yeah, that and then I've been I'm about halfway through this show called Blazing Transfer Students. Uh, if you haven't seen it, just watch the pilot. And it's the f- most ridiculous thing you've ever seen, but it's fantastic. I've never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. But, huh, interesting. 
Cool. Yeah, I've been watching it over the last couple months, just pacing myself. You can't watch it too much in a row, so <laughs> be warned. I watched through all of uh, Kimmy Schmidt, finally. Finally got around to doing it. Oh, good. That. Yeah, and that I was fantastic. Only took a couple weeks, and I got through all of it. And I heard that this fourth season's the last season, so once they yeah. they drop the second half of it, whatever, seven episodes are left or whatever, that's it. So that's disappointing. But I, I also yeah. heard they're in talks for a movie, but, you know, so was Community and you know and also arrested development and those never came to see the light of day so i'm not gonna hold my breath but the ride's been fun while while it's while we've while it's been here so there you go yeah anything else nope that covers everything we've done every waking moment since last episode has been counted for Except for Comic-Con. Except for Comic-Con. So we're filling that gap now. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take this over now. Um, as previously mentioned, we're going to be talking about Comic-Con this week. Um, I didn't get to go this year. Um, I have been many times in the past, but I, it's, it's actually been a while since I've been. But uh, I'll just go ahead and ask you guys questions and pretend like I was there. So, um, <laughs> oh, you know, but I, I watched the news that came out of it. I watched the trailers and for most of the movies, so. I'm not entirely out of the loop, but uh, anyway, you guys are uh, you guys have been going to Comic Con a lot longer than I have. I started going in like 2006 or seven or so. Yeah. When was guys... the last year you actually went? Do you remember? Um, I think I've missed the last like three years, maybe three four okay. years I've missed. Yeah. Um, so it's been a little while now, but I had a good solid run of years that i went um but you guys have been going for much longer than that so yeah. um you, you guys kind of have your uh you guys kind of have your rituals and you kind of have your way about doing it why, why don't you tell me a little bit about that what comic-con is is like for the lives of the davis brethren <laughs> uh okay yeah well i mean we've been going uh, yeah i mean we're all from san diego so it, it's just uh, you know we don't ever travel, really. It's we're spoiled in that regard. Yeah, but we've been going for at least twenty years, I think. It, mo- yeah. most likely more than that. Yeah. Um, and so you know, twenty years ago, it was a shadow of what it is now. We would just show up the day of. Hey, let's go down to this thing. It's fun. Line, there's no line. Show up, get a ticket, walk around for a while. It's a small little nerd thing, whatever. And obviously, it's just complete. You know, completely different beast nowadays. Um, where that would be impossible to do, and it's a whole thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I so because I work in the games industry, that's close enough to the comics industry that I qualify for, like, a professional in- industry badge. So I've also been spoiled the last couple of years. I don't have to get, like, um, badges with the normal, the normies. With the common folk. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I don't have to, like, because they that's t- the badges sell out just so fast online like within seconds and you know what i mean like minutes and it's always a thing to queue up and get your badge as soon as they're available um but i it's a completely separate pool for or pool for professional badges so i am just super spoiled and lazy and just like oh comic con's <laughs> coming up right, i guess i'll register and it's like just a couple weeks until it happens and like oh sure yeah i'll get it now and it comes with a guest so i get ryan and pass every, every year as well right so i'm, um, I'm spoiled too yeah uh, although this year it was almost, it was almost an epic failure. Oh yeah. Around. Tell us about that. You told me about that, but yeah. So the way the professional badge works is that you basically send in your credentials and then they, they, 
they validate you as a, as a professional, and then you're qualified to you know to buy a professional badge. And every I think it's every three years or every three or four years, you those credentials are due to like to show that you're still a working professional and in, uh, in, in the industry or whatever. Um, and I didn't realize that that year had come up for me last year, and I either forgot about it or I didn't realize it until it was way too late. So a couple. You know, like in June, which is just a couple weeks before Comic-Con, I went online to go, oh, it's time to register for my badge. I'm just being lazy and procrastinating and waiting so long. And then I went out, I'm like, oh, your credentials are out of date. You're, they're due. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me get my stuff together so I could. So I went to go do that. And then it's like, if you're not a professional status, it's too late. You cannot get a badge for 2018 Comic-Con. And I was just like, entered panic mode, just like, no, my world is collapsing. What is happening? I don't know what to do. Like, literally, I've been going to Comic-Con for every single year for 20 plus years. Um, and so I was also because Ryan has his badge through me. So I was like, oh, no, Ryan, he's not going to go either. Unbrothered you. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So I just <laughs> resorted to like, I'm just going to be that guy who emails their tech support and like, Hey buddies. So here's what happened. And like, what, well, what do I have to lose? What was worst going to happen? They're not going to reply at all, which I did. And they didn't like, I didn't get a reply back for a week plus. Um, and I just had kind of come to terms with like, all right, I guess I'm not going to Comic-Con this year or trying to figure out something else. But then I got a reply back and it's just some guys like, Hey, we've got your badge. We're pro- or, or we got your email. We can't promise anything, but we're processing it now. Can you resend your credentials? I'm like, oh, yeah. So I was in the middle of work, and I was just, like, trying to pretend like I was working. I was, like, getting all this stuff. Like, Sean, why are you taking images of their credits? And, like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Uh, because that's part of, like, the credentials is proof, like, accredited, you know, name and a piece of work or whatever. Right. Um, so, anyways, I got to I send it off, and then they're like, okay, again, we can't promise anything. And two days later, they're like, okay, you're all good to go. I'm like, yeah, oh my God, that was, uh, I, I was like so grateful and just like thankful. And yeah, it was just like super easy. Like they were super nice about it and everything. And, and not only that, but they requalified me. So now I don't have to renew my status for another like three years. So I'm going to get lazy again in two, so three years. And, three years from now, you go through the whole same thing, yes, exactly. but you'll get a jerk customer service guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Sean, fate. Sean Davis. You gotta... So, but happy ending. I got our badges and we went to Comic-Con. So that's good. So what's yeah. kind of a, like the day-to-day dealing with like, because you guys don't, you guys are from, we're all from San Diego, but none of us live kind of in the area, so. Yeah. Um, well, Ryan, yeah. he used to live down in the gas lamp or close to that. So during those, that year too, it was actually kind of nice because we would just stay there and kind of walk downtown. Um, now, Ryan, I mean, you live. I live in Solana Beach, which is further yeah. away, but still somewhat close. Uh, so we just, we did drive down to get kind of close as possible and then we uber from there because yeah. parking is yeah. ridiculous as part of the any con goer knows it's like 40 bucks per day so yeah i mean you know the, the peco you know the peco parking that we usually used to park it all the time i saw it was 50 dollars this year oh really uh, i didn't even see that Jeez. yeah like i remember like when we used to drive because we used to go with you and you know vince and a handful mm-hmm. we potentially would have like five or six people and when you have a carload of people you don't mind paying 20 bucks or 30 bucks for parking because you split it evenly. Yeah, it's whatever, five, six dollars. Yeah. It's not a big deal. 
But when every year they've upped the parking and it's gone up like $5 every year. So now it's literally $50 for day parking. And when it was only, you know, the two of us. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's not worth it. So a $5 Uber downtown is, you know, and get street, free street parking. So pro I, tip. Yeah. I would have thought that they would have jacked up like the Lyft and Uber prices too. Was it, it was not too bad or? No, it was fine. No, it was I okay. Mean, yeah. But yeah, definitely pro tip. If you plan on attending Comic-Con, do what you can to avoid those parking because they will gouge you. It's awful. Yeah. Or they have a trolley too. It's also a good idea. We've taken in the past. That's true. Like parked at some of the trolley stops further up and then just taking the trolley downtown. Yeah, most of the years I did it, I I parked at either the Qualcomm Stadium or uh, yeah, or the mall that's nearby. It's Fashion Valley. Fashion Valley, there, yeah. yeah, which is a good a ways away from downtown. And then there's a trolley station at both of those. You just get on the trolley. Yeah. And, and it's free. it was free parking there the years that I yeah, went. Exactly, so yeah. Just get a, it drops you off, right? The only bummer about that is that the trolley stops running at a certain time, so you can't really, yeah. you can't really hang out down in the gas lamp if you do that way. I guess now you could just take an Uber, but um back when i was going yeah you had to be back on the trolley before they stopped running but uh but yeah you know that was the way they used to do it and that's always fun because you 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 park your car in an area that's not really comic-con like at all and then they they put you know take you down and you get off the step off the trolley and everyone's in costume and everyone's got their comic-con bags and it's just like yeah you just stepped onto another planet basically yeah that's how i when i returning to work i describe it to people it's like it's like you're in this separate bubble a different world entirely and it's going back to work or this normal life feels so strange uh like you i don't know you're just like the little Mm -hmm. pocket dimension I was down there on the the Saturday. I was down in San Diego on Saturday night. Uh, we decided to go down to Balboa to uh, play Pokemon Go, which is a thing I'm doing again now. Um, but uh, well, Maeve got really into it, and so I got back into it so that I could play with her. By the way, I switched the blue team, so there there you go. But um, but I went down to Balboa Park, and that was the night that they did. They were doing their annual uh, lightsaber fight, which I, I guess oh yeah, that's cool. They used they used to do that. Uh, at like the waterfront like down closer to the convention and i guess there's no i guess they don't have space for that anymore because i guess comic-con has kind of eaten up a lot of that outdoor space now um so they moved to baboa park and it was crazy because there's just like as many people there playing pokemon go as there were just in costumes with lightsabers and it's just so, it's just so which was yeah which is the more you know like weird thing happening like mm-hmm. all these people dressed up fighting lightsabers well, or you... all these people on their phone catching imaginary creatures like in augmented reality well the, i also got the sense from some of the lightsaber people that they're like turn their nose up at us that like oh they're here <laughs> yeah. for the wrong nerd thing <laughs> Tonight is for yeah. light plastic lightsabers. You're, 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 you, these look at these nerds playing Pokemon on their phone. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful time. Yeah, it is. It's quite magical. Um, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the uh, the goings on. I, I touched on a little bit about how uh, you know it grows every year and it and it and it's taken up a lot more of kind of the gas lamp in the waterfront area. But just like tell me a little bit about just the sights and sounds of of walking around at the facility and you know, is it much different this year is, or is it just kind of a, a natural progression? Ryan, why don't you tell me? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, one thing that's, you know, the, com- the comic con is famous for is the crowds, right? 
as much right. as it is anything nerd-wise. Everyone knows how crazy crowded it is. Uh, but I think every year they do try to help out with that and make small improvements. Um, so I think that's one thing uh, that's kind of changed over the years. That they've kind of gotten better with handling that. So mm. they kind of shut down the whole gas lamp area. So it's just easier to get in. Well, it's not as such a cluster getting in and out uh, for, you know, just normal or just for pedestrians, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. And then the the like buses and stuff versus like say normal vehicles, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, just getting down there is not. You know, they kind of just as you'd expect, they kind of renovate or kind of take over that whole area of the gas lamp and set up different exhibits for whatever you know the Walking Dead or I'm not even sure what there was. I know they they took over one like. Um, one building that was a little bit of like an older San Diego building, like, I don't know, from the 1800s or something, and turned it into some thing for that show, that Castle Rock, which is like the new Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they would kind of always throw on those kinds of events uh, just to kind of make it extra special or uh, some sort of interactive exhibit uh, for peoples hmm. to enjoy. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Did you a lot get to... of the ones, a lot of the things downtown too, like that aren't at the convention center. Like it's it's part of Comic Con in a loose sense, but a lot of times you don't actually need badges to do those things. They're kind of just right. like if you you just want to go downtown and and try that whatever Castle Rock thing, or there was a building that was the Purge, or there was the Taco Bell that was decked out to be like Demolition Man, right. Taco Bell crazy. Like those, a lot of those things you don't need Comic Con badges for because they're not actually at the convention center. You you like anyone could kind of go to that. The lines are still really ridiculous, but. Yeah. Theoretically, anyone could jump in and go to those Yeah, things. Maeve does that most years now. She used to go to the convention for a while. She used to work it every year, but now for the last several years, that she's one of those people that goes down and does all the free stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's still yeah. worth it going down because I had some friends meet me down there one of the nights, and we just kind of hung around the area and checked out some of the things. We checked out the Taco Bell and just, you know, people watched, look at people in costumes and mm-hmm. just enjoy the festivities even if you're not a pass holder yeah it's kind of cool to just to see how completely an event like that takes over a city you know, yeah it's 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 kind of like i think for san diego wise it's it's probably the biggest event that happens culturally that you know oh, as yeah. far as something on that size goes and it and it uh it's cool that it's a nerd thing so it's yeah, it's, yeah. i mean yeah. definitely by far in terms of you know, events go and also it definitely makes it feel less like because like i said years ago it was you know a completely different thing in terms of the size and scope and the audience and the demographics and you know all that stuff it was like oh what is that nerd thing going and like what are, what are people doing down there that kind of but now it's not only is it you know a citywide thing where like even if you're not necessarily a quote-unquote nerd you still like oh yeah this is fun let's go hang out with friends and people and do stuff but it's a nationwide thing now too like it's just a thing people are aware of right mm-hmm. just if you have any sense of of kind of pop culture or whatever you just know that oh it's comic-con's a thing that just it's public knowledge and event in you know the zeitgeist or whatever so right like every website that i follow on a daily basis for all of my just interests, you know, movies and comics and theme park websites even and everything. It's all that whole week. It's just Comic-Con coverage, you know, just yeah. kind of everything just grinds to a halt. And that's kind of what everybody's covering. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's cool that it. it's cool that 
it's our hometown. Like that's that's, that's our, our birthday. Yeah, yeah, there's it definitely. I mean, it is silly, but well, not silly, but it, yeah, it's a lot of. I don't know. And it is. I do get a lot of pride of just like knowing it's in San Diego. Then it's always you know that's where it started from, and in in a lot of ways is responsible for you know for better and for worse. <laughs> a lot of our kind of like cultural consciousness and you know attitudes towards these IPs and just like mm-hmm. nerd culture in general and stuff like. In most ways, in some way or another, you know, has some connection to Comic Con, and so it's just cool to know that, like, especially for us who've been going for so long and just ha- seen and been a part of that change and just that that movement in general. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so what were some of the cool things that I assume that you guys spent a good amount of time on the show floor? On the exhibit hall, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, in the last few years that I went, I actually stopped. I kind of spent less and less time there, and I kind of tried more and more to just go to the panels. But, uh, but uh, so I, I kind of have to ask if you guys actually did that or not. But, uh, but what, what were some cool things that you saw or did while you were out there? Yeah, I think kind of like you hit it right on the head there. Like as the Comic Con kind of changes and grows and stuff, my experience of it also kind of changes. And mm-hmm. while I still love the exhibit hall, I, mean, I well, I yeah, I've always loved the exhibit hall. There's just so much going on. There's so much this yeah chaos, but just sights and sounds and just really just so much to stimulate your mind of just all this nerd and art stuff. Um, so I always make it a point to really try to explore as much of it as I can, and I end up inevitably by the fifth day or whatever revisiting everything five times but it feels like you never do quite get your fill i don't know for me at least that's how i feel um uh so yeah and so kind of like you two uh matt as i would kind of go to the comic-con more i would spend more less time on the exhibit hall and try to you know get into some of the more deeper things like go to the panels and explore more of those kinds of elements of the comic-con since there's so much to offer you can never really experience it all so I think this year I, I found myself going to more of the, I don't know, like specialized interest things or like smaller, um, less, I don't know, I don't want to say popular, but, um, and those kinds of interests uh, in like more, I don't know, art related, I guess, mm. specifically. Um, whereas, I mean, Comic-Con is always about art, I guess. But more just kind of spending more time and investing more of my time into like either individual artists or, you know, those those kinds of interests versus, I don't know, the the bigger, you know, blockbuster movie kinds of things, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, sure. Plus, the bigger blockbuster kind of stuff is the stuff that gets the most coverage outside of the convention anyway. So it's but some of those smaller experiences are definitely, you know, you're paying you get your kind of your money's worth. I like I kind of think of it like if you were to break it into a pie chart, at least I don't know. Like I feel like for me anyway, we probably and Ryan and I, you know, most of the time we're kind of hanging out together anyway. But um, it's about fifty to sixty percent, I would say, in the floor. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then probably like thirty percent in panels, um, and then like ten or twenty percent, kind of just doing extracurricular things that are so like they have a whole game room right. where there's like all these board games set up. So we usually go check that out. They have a room that is a, an art, uh, an art auction where you could check out and like make a silent, a silent auction for artists on original work. They have, um, they have like a little lounge. They have a pinball area that like, they have all these other things that um, are like kind of tertiary to the experience. Um, 
So that we always try, at least I like to try to make a point of kind of exploring all that, just to kind of yeah. again just to get as much as you can out of the experience because there's it's really impossible to do everything, but you you still feel like you want to just explore and kind of you know take it all in. Um, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to get at. Is that like yeah, especially like the game room. I think we do make it a point to always visit the game room. Mm-hmm. But I know this yeah. year we you know we <laughs> played a demo of a game or or whatever, yeah. um, which is kind of cool because it's it's a, an opportunity for you know, people to show either kind of this play games with people that are from across the country or even across the world. Right. That's pretty cool. Right. Just in itself. But then also some people are there just like, Hey, I made this game. Who wants to sit down and try it out with me? Oh yeah, sure. Cool. I'll play your game. Why not? Uh, mm-hmm. So just like different things like that. I think um, you kind of, you can miss uh, just if you, you know, either you spend a hundred percent of your time on the ex- uh, exhibit hall and or panels i think there's yeah there's a lot of these sean called them tertiary things but i think for me they definitely enhance and add mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely i guess maybe tertiary is not the right word but just things that you know are not usually the main right. focal point yeah. when people talk yeah. about comic-con um but like the the floor itself i mean yeah i love the floor it's one of those things ryan you said it best like you always feel like you never get your fill and even like as much as i remember you know you walk along the, the different halls and there's hundreds of booths and all these things and you come across the familiar ones over and over and over again. I still, by the even on the fifth day, I still find myself like, "How have I, I have not seen this booth? I've literally walked this floor for hours. <laughs> yeah, and well, there's, how have I, I never, not seen this booth before? Yeah. Like, I, I this is the first time I've come across it. So it's just like, it, it does feel like almost like uh, like uh, from a movie or something like some uh, exotic bazaar where there's just like like imagine that picture like from like Indiana Jones or some like you know crazy adventure or fantasy film. Like imagine like that. That's what it is. What it's just like yeah. all these crazy things are happening, and you get lost in these in these corridors and stuff, and you don't know what's going on, and you get lost. Like it, it's just every no matter how much time you spend there, you never really feel like sat like oh, I want to just walk around more and kind of experience it. Yeah, it's kind right. of it's, yeah, it's crazy that you say that because it it does definitely feel that way to me. Even though yeah, after the fifth, literally the fifth day of spending half my time. So if you really if you added up the hours, it's we probably spent. I don't know what 16, yeah. no, maybe not 16, but yeah. you know, yeah, close to yeah, that. Like hours that, yeah. literally just walking back and forth and mm-hmm. somehow, you know, perfect example on Sunday, we found that art guy, Jose something, right. Um, oh, yeah. who, he's a, he's a local artist um, who I, you know, I recognized his work. I think you did too, Sean, but he had a piece of art from, from last of us that you ended up getting. And it yeah. was like, how did we go, for days and not not notice this guy and he was fantastic um i apologize i don't know his last name but yeah it was it was uh was like yeah we should actually post on maybe some some of our feeds or facebook all the kind of artists that because we ended up meeting a a lot of really cool artists again who were just kind of there that we met i forgot was what was the guy who did the japanese wall scroll Uh, jed henry i think his name is yeah he's fantastic Um, he he was so good we bought some of his stuff and I have a friend who was working with an artist there who hooked us up and gave us free signed prints of these, like, some original art. Um, yeah, they're really good. Sure, you're going to have to – yeah, you have to check those out. They're yeah, we'll show them. Sure. Like, yeah. Again, awesome. these are all, like, just, like, independent artists. They're doing yeah. their own thing. You get a chance to talk to, and they're excited to be there. They're excited to meet people because, you know, it's their art. They're, they're making money, but they're, like, connecting with their fans. And you're getting a chance to – as much as it's fun as to do all the big, you know, Marvel, all this stuff, but to actually – 
more locally or more smaller scale kind of stuff and have a personal connection with these artists. Um, and like there was a friend who was that one, Catherine something, the, the oh, someday mouse. Yeah. Like, like yeah, she has the little... someday mouse comic or art thing. And she's a, mm-hmm. ended up being a friend of a friend. That's how we knew about her. And we met her and she was super like, I don't yeah. know, artsy and fun. Um, so we ended up getting, yeah, I think Sean, you yeah. got her, some of her stuff and yeah, a little, so again, it's just like every, everywhere you go, there's just something, something to explore, something to discover. And, and that's like, and it's always fun too, because it, the, the Sunday at five o'clock is when the floor closes and, and they announce it over the loudspeaker, like, thank you. And everyone just like cheers. And it's just like such a, such an experience to be part of that. And knowing that there's literally what, 40,000, I don't know how many people in this hall all just like just pure joy right yeah They're like you know what i mean like yeah yeah it's just yeah this this shared experience where you know we're gonna all go back to our homes and uh, probably a lot of us are gonna go on the internet and write some hateful stuff about whatever <laughs> stuff. but i don't i mean at the end of the day we're all still fans and we all still love it and it's just cool to share that experience together and you know we've all gathered not to like hate on anything is everyone's there just to have fun and just enjoy each other's nerddom yeah that's great it's kind of nice to like kind of bring things back because i i feel like you know pop culture and nerd spaces on the internet have become really toxic in the last few years and it's it's nice to kind of like have a thing that's like in person that everybody can just be really positive yeah you know there's so so much negativity in a lot of those like those pop culture spaces that it's it's really tiring and it's it's refreshing to hear that there's just kind of that sense of community that that hasn't gone away entirely. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely is that good could kind of remedy to that, and really refreshing just to know like there's no I don't know how to say it. There's no animosity. There's none of that. Like everyone is just genuinely cool and happy and excited, and like there's nothing. There's no conflict there. I don't know. That's maybe not the best way to put it, but. Uh, right right and yeah i kind of think that kind of it sort of uh, keeps comic-con pure like it's easy to say like oh comic-con's changed well it has changed um but i think that's something that the core spirit of comic-con has kind of has always remained true or whatever you know sympathetic thing you want to take out of that but um yeah i think that's still the spirit of comic-con remains pure and i think kind of uh transitioning a little bit here but i think kevin smith um he, he you know he does a big yeah. panel at the end of saturday night and is in some ways like kind of the keystone yeah. event of comic-con almost yeah he's he's yeah. the thing that comic-con like he's, yeah he's yeah and, and i think he really centers it for me uh it, yeah. <laughs> like as much as like a comic-con thing can be like well, maybe not emotional, maybe not spiritual either, but I don't know, whatever, Sure. again, sympathetic thing. It, it, yeah, it really kind of brings it all together. And he, you know, I think he's, he is that spirit of being a good natured and fun loving, um, you know, nerd lover person. Uh, is that a yeah. thing? <laughs> I mean, as yeah. crude and crass as he is, I think he's still, yeah, he gets it, you know? Yeah, Absolutely uh well great good yeah Yeah. um let's uh let's shift gears just a little bit um let's talk about you know let's talk about maybe some of the some of those bigger things let's talk about some of the like that maybe uh you know because as much as it is like 
a, a an event that you go to is it's also a cultural event that you know people track and there's all this coverage of on the internet and you know these stories that come out of to- Comic Con and just like we always get new movie trailers and announcements and kind of in the same way that E3 does where we kind of find out you know we get first looks at things or we find th- new things out so um, I don't know what what let's talk about some of those things <laughs> sure <laughs> yeah go okay. go for it Sean why don't you kick this off. Um... Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I will say that is a couple of those giant panels. We did not attend all of those, or a lot of them, just because the lines for that are crazy. If you know what Hall H is, that's almost come, become a meme of in, a, in of itself, mm-hmm. even if you haven't been to Comic-Con. Um, but so, but we have watched the trailers, and we did go to a few things. Um, so a couple of things. that The biggest thing that stood out to me is just the w, the Warner Brothers stuff, um, mm-hmm. specifically some of the DC stuff. Um and and I have mixed thoughts all around <laughs> on those things. Um, I think the, a lot of the hype, anyways, before I watched the trailers, like a lot of people, a lot of friends, are just other like we're really excited about the Aquaman trailer. Like, oh, you got to check it out! It's so awesome, so. Right. And I honestly was it was kind of more meh on the Aquaman. Trailer. I was too. Yeah, yeah, I was not. I was not bowled over by it. But I also, uh, at the same time, have a really hard time trusting the dc cinematic universe like it's really hard for me to get excited about anything in there right i i mean i part of it's that part of it it just felt like uh, i don't don't know i mean i like jason momoa i think i I liked him in game of thrones and and justice league was fine and stuff but i just don't know if that nothing in that trailer really captivated me it looked like almost like if you were to make a cliche big action superhero movie trailer that would be it like mm-hmm. I, I just don't know what i'm like yeah really drawn to part of me wonders if that's intentional because yeah that um, could be it you know because uh what, what's it james wan who's directing and he's yeah I think, a pretty solid director but yeah, i also yeah, think I that one of the reasons why wonder woman worked so well is that it was a little bit back to basics and yeah. and it wasn't so focused on the future of the franchise as much as it was just yeah. like let's make a classic superhero movie classic origin let's just focus yeah. on making a good movie and i'm i'm wondering if maybe the similar approach is being taken with aquaman that like and maybe that's where some of that cliche is feel, yeah i mean i would hope so from. I, that's what i'm hoping the doubt. Yeah. yeah um although it is because well uh, uh, on the other side of that i was much more you know excited or at least impressed by the shazam trailer which so was, was i yeah was not expected yeah. to be at all like someone who barely knows who Shazam is like for them to have that trailer. And now for me to be actually kind of like, Oh, I'm, am I excited for this film? I think I might be actually kind of excited for this film. You want to know um, for me, the most shocking thing about that trailer is that it looks like it, the movie takes place in real locations. Like it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't just look like the whole thing. It's like actors on a green screen and oh, in front yeah. Of a yeah. cartoon. Like you see shots of them just like, walking around on the streets and it's like natural lighting it it, it looks like yeah. a, it looks like a real movie is what i'm trying to say i think also too like again just solely based on the trailer but i think one thing that's definitely kind of been missing from the dc universe and i mean a lot of say you know the fun lightheartedness and that's true but i think more than that is a little bit more of the kind of like uh innocence innocence yeah. i don't know how to say it but like he reminds me a little bit of Spider-Man, right? From right. Yeah. Homecoming yeah. or just any of the Spider-Man. Just like he's just this kid. Like it's it's not about these titans destroying this world or it's not about these, you know, massive forces and it's, you know, 
world-ending kind of stuff, although I'm guessing there will be some world-ending plot. But in terms of yeah. the characterizations, like, it draws me more, it draws me in more because it's just, like, some kid. And, right. like, it, it grounds it a lot more. And it I don't feels know, in a lot more, of ways, uh, I feel like, yeah. It feels more accessible. Where yes, it's accessible. Like, which, yeah. like, you look at Justice League, and Justice League is a mess for a lot of reasons. Um, yeah. But, like, you look at someone like, uh, like Cyborg in Justice League. That yeah. should have been the character... It should have been. It ended up being Flash more than anything. More Fla- yeah, Flash the most. But even then, even with Flash, it just feels like it just feels so inaccessible. Like I can't relate to yeah. any of these characters at all. Like yeah. Yeah. part of it is their lack of being able to set them up properly and establish those characters. But also just like none of this feels real. There's just a bunch of ideas. And I don't feel yeah. like people that I can understand. Where, mm-hmm. where I, I got that sense from the the Shazam trailer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are, I mean, those are the DC Universe movies, but there are also some other uh, ones, like, TV I think that was the shows. biggest event, the TV shows, which I don't necessarily watch, but there was some more debuting trailers for the new TV seasons and stuff, but, um, but they also had, like, the new Harry Potter, well, the new Magic I mean, World I'm trailer. still calling them Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know why they don't just call like, them Harry Potter, like, yeah, Harry Potter's they, not well, in them, but it's better than Fantastic Beasts. I guess. I don't think they should call them. I don't think they need anything. Just like why? I don't. Th- I. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? But having I, that fantastic beast, like yeah, prefix, I don't like that. I, don't I think like they it just either. call it the crimes of Grindelwald. Yeah. It. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like it's it's just like studios not having confidence in their own marketing and their own audiences. Yeah. Like it's kind of like uh, uh, when I hate things bringing things back to Legend of Korra because it's so cliche for us, but. But when that sh- they when they announced the show title, it was originally called "The Last Airbender: The Legend of Korra," because oh, like yeah. you know, oh, it's because yeah. they didn't want to use the word Avatar because people associated that with James Cameron's yeah. movie, right? But they needed to associate it with something that people could go, "Oh, right, Last Airbender," and and that was totally a corporate decision, right? Like, doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense to use the words "Last Airbender" because I had nothing to do with Korra, but it was just yeah. purely like a marketing association like ip branding thing and that's how i feel about fantastic beasts also like it it, like and i can tell that these both the trailers that have come out now they really try to emphasize like look there's monsters in this movie don't worry it really is beast yes (laughs) fantastic beasts but like even just the title itself fantastic beasts the crimes of grindelwald (laughs) feels like it's two movies it does well yeah like and it totally is like i think the marketing is at its worst i mean that's true with a lot of things in you know media and stuff but it's at its worst when it's so apparent like i think that maybe angers me when it necessarily shouldn't i shouldn't be angry but it's just it's just frustrating it's like really like you have these million dollar ad you know marketer like just just go with the crimes like wouldn't it be amazing if the entire second whatever harry potter series was just like each thing was its own like title like sure. yeah i, I, mean, I think awesome. there's a certain appeal to that also it waters down the kind of the title for the first one yeah because exactly. it's based on a book with exactly. that name like, that or is like called be, that right yeah. or like be creative about it and like what if each in the series was named after like a textbook in the harry like I, that is a little silly but you know what i mean like yeah but magic history the would, crimes of grindelwald it'd be something, you know I mean? something like yeah that. yeah as opposed to like so are you be saying fantasy's beast is a that's actually a pretty good idea because it would be kind of playful that way too because yeah. I, I think this you know one of the things i love about harry potter harry potter is the original ones were very playful and kind of like oh it's a bunch of kids in school this is awesome this is fun i i used to be a kid once um 
And then they got real serious. And I think these movies are taking just too much of a note off the serious end of the Harry Potter series. And I would love to see them go back to a little bit more playful. They can still get serious if they have to. But yeah, kind of do a little more tongue in cheek or, uh, you know, kind of help build the universe. Because I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the major appeals of the series is just they have a pretty cool universe set up. And just kind of help explore that by, yeah, pinging off of other content that already exists in it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I de- they're definitely trying to bank on the Harry Potter. Like, obviously, that's that's not any revelation, but yeah. like, they're but then just call it Harry Potter, the crimes. Like, yeah. right? Like, you're not tied. Like, no one's a so like tied to Fantastic Beasts yeah, as a brand, it, right? So why are you prefixing? But then you that? get like, like that. To me, that brings to mind like a, a a marketing meeting conversation where someone goes, "Well, we can't just call it Harry Potter and Legret because then <laughs> people are going to want to know where Harry Potter is." Like. You can't, <laughs> They're, they're not so going to understand. Like, there's, yeah, it's it's the worst of all worlds. I don't know. Right. It it's just, make yeah, it really is. It's just like it's it's evidence to me that like the people who are being paid very large salaries, I'm assuming, to market these like don't understand the product that they're marketing. Like it's just no. it, it's like that's what makes me <laughs> that makes yeah. me angry. And yeah. then going back to the point I was making about uh, how it feels like it's two different ideas at odds with each other, just. Crimes of Grindelwald is a thing. Fantastic Beasts is yeah. a thing. That yeah, was exactly. one, that was one of my criticisms with the first movies that it felt like there were two movies happening. That there were two yeah different storylines. Oh yeah, for sure. And, yeah, yeah. and that makes me even more worried that like, but except for this time, it makes me worried that the beast aspect is going to be what's tacked on and kind of just. And it's like, no, if you want to make a Grindelwald movie, just make a Grindelwald movie. Just yeah. make exactly. that the focus. I don't need you to shoehorn and all this beast stuff in here because. The first movie was called that. I, that. I mean, I think they could have even been bold too. Like, as much as I like Newt Scamander, like I think he's a great character. I think that was the best part of the film and stuff. Like, again, like imagine a whole series where like each little thing had a one-off protagonist, maybe, and there's a through line of an overarching plot in, plot in the magic and world. I would like be that fine would be with ori- that. that would be crazy. Awesome. Like, it would be original and fresh. It would be different. It would be risky because, as a you know, as again, as an c- executive of a, like, we can't have a different hero. The kid, you know, like, how do we like the, pe- the audience isn't going to know who to root for? And blah blah blah. Like, well, th- they're not all stupid. If you stop <laughs> treating them like idiots, maybe they won't be idiots. Uh, not to know. mention, you had to introduce all new characters for the last movie anyway. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't know. So, yeah, like, imagine. I mean, they already established Grindelwald at the end of the last movie. Like, yeah. what if? That's the only holdover, or maybe, exactly. or or maybe you have that Ministry of Magic lady show up from the first movie, or whatever, as a cameo. But imagine if Young Dumbledore was the protagonist of this movie. Yeah, that yeah. would be much That'd more be cool. like it feels it's Jude just, Law. Like use Jude he, Law. I'm sure he could be fine as a character, as a as an actor. We're like, yeah, I could. See, he's the hero. That's fine. I don't need an explanation of why this author of Fantastic Beasts is somehow still fighting Grindelwald, Especially because which is, in the trailer. The, Dumbledore's like, no, it has to be you, yeah. the guy who wrote this book about animals. It's got to be you to take down the dark wizard of our time. Nope, you got uh, to yeah. I don't know. I mean, not to be a Marvel fanboy, but I mean, yeah, take a page from that. Each Marvel movie obviously has its own protagonist, and they still have an arcing story that kind of yeah. connects things. Like, I don't know. Anyways, but uh, I'm still, I am still excited for the movie, if only because I did like the first one a lot. So mm-hmm. we'll see. The trailer was. Eh. Yeah, I didn't love I, the I first one, but I'm along for the ride. And I mean, yeah. I've grown up with Harry Potter. Who am I kidding? I'm, yeah, it's not like I'm not going to see see this yeah. movie. Yeah, of course, I'm going to see it. So there you go. Um, I yeah, want I want to backtrack features? real quick, be, sure. just for a second, because we we jumped off of the DC boat. But 
uh, there was the live action Teen Titans trailer. Did you guys see that? Oh uh, no, I did not yeah. see that. It was, it was freak- live action. Freaking weird. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Stuff. I'm not. I I actually would love to hear Chris's take on that because I know he's a huge Teen Titans fan of the All cartoon right. series. So maybe we can. I don't know. Make a that. note of it. Someone yeah. write it down. Someone ask okay. Chris next time he's on the podcast. Okay. Dear Chris, um, that's me typing questions. Uh, I don't want to actually type a push a button because it might actually stop our recording. <laughs> Chris, if you're listening right now, call in. Yeah, call if you call in. Yes, awesome. call in. Lines are open. Um, that yeah, that's true. Uh, what other, there's a couple other big trailers. I feel there's the new Godzilla. I think. Oh, yep. Yeah. Just cram every Godzilla. Godzilla character into and a single movie. Godzilla yeah. and all the monsters. All of them. The that's, that's what the what movie's it's called. called, right? Yeah. Godzilla and all the monsters. And they're playing an 80s sitcom theme over the top. Everywhere you look. Godzilla and the monsters are here for you. Uh, Monster House. That's what that mo- a, movie Monster House yeah. was about, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't a big fan of the other Godzilla, 2013 Godzilla. So I wasn't this, really either. Nah. It, I, I am excited just in terms of, sure, throw monsters on the screen. Like, in the same way, like, Pacific Rim had a certain just, like, appeal mm-hmm. on that level. I mean, I thought Pacific Rim was a fine. I liked it anyway, but there's a certain appeal of just like giant monsters fighting. Right. But sure. Pacific Rim had other things going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. To, to give that movie appeal. And I'm talking specifically about the first one, but, right. um, but that had, you know, character, like, I don't like God, that first Godzilla movie spent an entire act yeah. establishing its main character and then killing him off. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah who are the characters in this? Like other than 11 from stranger things, is she the protagonist? I guess. It's just eleven. It's just a. This is just. That's yeah. her fighting, or riding Godzilla, or fighting Godzilla, or I don't, yeah. I don't know. The plot also doesn't make any sense. I, well, not that I should expect anything else, but well, like so in the trailer, there's Ken Watanabe like narrating like the humans are or whoever is saying humans are the plague and we're destroying the earth and and Earth has defenses to stop this plague and we've awoken those defenses. But then Godzilla awakens to fight those defenses because if they don't get hurt and stop, they'll destroy the world. Like, what kind of defenses destroys the thing that they're trying to protect? I don't get, like, what is happening? Who are the good guys and bad guys? Yeah. Godzilla's the good guy <laughs> I... because his name is in the title. <laughs> that's true. Well, all right. Well, that's all the explanation I need. Oh, good. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so I feel like there's a couple other trailers, but I don't, off the top of my head, I don't I'm know. I'm going to Google right now. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. We talked about Godzilla, Aquaman, Shazam. Uh, let's see. New York Times, best and worst trailers from Comic-Con. What do you got for us? Oh, there was a, I didn't watch the trailer for Glass. Did any of you guys watch that? Yeah, oh, yeah I, I watched, watched that. that. Eh. eh. <laughs> well, I, but what was the last one? What was it called? Uh, James McAvoy is lots split. of is lots of people. Split, yeah. Split, right? Yeah, I liked that movie a lot until I hated it. Uh, I don't know. I, didn't, <laughs> I, liked, I it. liked it a lot. I didn't. I know what you're talking about. I, I don't know if I went full on hate, but I agree. It kind of took a turn. It sw- it flipped the switch and turned into a movie that I hated. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, so I don't know. I got mixed feelings about split and i i mean and then and like, split and then the, about it i'm split about it and then <laughs> I, i'm not even talking about the like Shyamalan cinematic universe twist in the cre- in the, tre- the credits i'm not yeah. even talking about that. i'm talking about just the movie 
independent of that. But then there was that too, and I was like, "Well, that seems that seems no good. That seems dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's that seems no good." good. <laughs> uh, that was my. Job. I mean, if if you told me ten years ago or whatever, fifteen years ago, that oh, they're doing an Unbreakable sequel, like right? that would like oh, cool, like that's what, but. It's hard not to be a little cynical about it. Like, right. okay, right, just yeah. kind of jump on the bandwagon of these. Right. Uh, like, as if you know, he's been building up the use. cinematic universe. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wait, wasn't Unbreakable like 20 years ago? What? And now, and then Mark Wahlberg and Killer Plants are also going to be. Look, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, if Glass somehow manages to work in, like, the village, and then, and the like, happening and stuff, uh, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is a. <laughs> a, a mermaid lady, I guess, or something, and it also, it's all a book. And then also the, and, the aliens come back. Like, okay, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah I'd be on board right. for Let's that. Just, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything, even somehow Last Airbender. Yes, and Will Smith and his son are part of. Uh, oh, I forgot about that one. That one was actually pretty good. I like that one. Yeah, that one got a bad rap. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I remember enjoying it. I, I can't. I don't remember yeah. it well enough to be able to make a determination well, if that, that movie was that's probably... good or not true but yeah. i do remember enjoying it so but i watched it with you guys and that's always enjoyable no <laughs> hey what else hey. let's go through the list we talked about shazam something called assassination nation i never heard anything yeah. like that nope. or alita battle angel i didn't watch that uh, trailer did you guys uh i'm, I'm uh, interested well, I watched, but yeah uh i watched clips of the newest trailer and i remember watching the old trailer well the one that came out months ago or whatever mm-hmm um, I mean that was the big WB panel. I'm trying, like we mentioned, it it was kind of strange in a lot of ways. Well, strange maybe, but like Marvel didn't have a panel this year, mm-hmm. and neither did Star Wars, and neither did Disney. Well, per that's se. that's to be expected nowadays yeah. that they yes. have their own panel. So yeah, but it is just kind of a funny thing to say. Okay, Comic Con, the world's biggest comic thing that happens, and the world's biggest comic, yeah name right. marvel is not i mean they have obviously a presence in terms of every other aspect of marvel in terms of comics right. and, the, yeah. and the tv shows they had stuff like but in terms of like the mcu there was not a big showing and you know d23 and they're converting that stuff to to that or this where they're kind of showcasing a lot of that now right but i was maybe thinking oh they might try to tag on some captain marvel something but yeah no. yeah, yeah especially since i mean if all the MCU thus far, we're at the most, you know, just craziest yeah. part right now, right? Like with half right, the universe yeah. disappearing and Captain Marvel on the horizon and they just finished Ant-Man and Wasp. Like, I think there's a lot of excitement and they could do, you know, of all the hijinks they've pulled in the past for Marvel panels and Hall H, imagine what they could have done this year. Like just yeah. all kinds of spectacle um, and especially because there's not a D23 before Avengers 4 comes out. So. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's I. like, what are they waiting Yeah. For? Well, I, that's I, something that I wanted to. I, I mean, you guys talked about in the Ant Man conversation is just like, really, how much can you market yeah. Avengers 4? Like, it kind of goes back to that, too. Like, do you really want to be going in and showing footage of, of that stuff? Like, it, this yeah. is. You guys are saying we're kind of at the craziest point in the MCU that we've been to yeah. so far, but we're also at the point where, like, you know you would think they would want to keep stuff close to their chest. Like this would maybe be the year where they wouldn't want to give all this. Exclusive yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. I guess, I, I guess I felt like it was a way they, they could have panels. And a lot of times they, uh, other panels are like and game of Thrones often does this because the, this, the, the uh, comic-con air usually comes after the season is over. So the game of Thrones panel is often just like, 
It has nothing. There's no spoilers. They don't talk about the future. It's just like interviewing the cast, and it's always packed. It's always something like that where you know yeah. you, you could talk about Marvel stuff. You don't have to give away, but you still do have Miss Marvel, which you could kind of t- or Captain Marvel, which you could talk a little bit about. Right. Like I, I get that it is trickier. You're absolutely right. It does go back to like how do you market this film? But I just felt like the, an absence of anything also felt. You could feel the absence, is yeah. what I guess. Right. Well, I yeah. guess it's a combination of things. But I, I do think it's more of a Disney's kind of doing their own thing now, and it, it's only yeah. that's only going to get worse with all yeah. the more comp- the IPs that Disney's about to own with the Fox buyout. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and it, on a, on a kind of broader sense in terms of Comic Con, it was actually actually interesting because the hall the whole Hall H thing, and notoriously, it's crazy to get into Hall H, and people camp overnight, and blah 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 blah. And they still had that aspect this year, but because there wasn't a lot of those things, I mean, there we, I just mentioned Game of Thrones, but there actually wasn't a Game of Thrones panel this year because mm-hmm. there was no season this year. And without Marvel and without Star Wars, all like the biggest one was the DC, which was big. But other than that, there wasn't a lot of big Hall H things. And oftentimes when we, Ryan and I would be walking around, we would kind of walk by the line and it was not the same as it had been in previous years. Right, where it's right. Just, people packed for a half mile down the uh the dock or you know the embarcadero behind the convention center it's there was just a small little line and a couple times ryan and i were like oh you want to try it like let's try to get into this panel and we'd wait 10 15 minutes and like yeah it's not worth it but then we did get like for kevin smith there was no line and we got into the legion panel without waiting at all yeah. like it, it definitely had a different vibe there mm-hmm. was and, and i think in a lot of ways it was kind of nice like yeah. okay it's always an element of stress and like, oh, do I want to wait five hours for this thing or however long? Right, and right. just not even having that aspect of it is like, oh, you know, you, I'm not missing anything. You mentioned Legion, and I so I want to get this out before I forget. But I find it very strange that there is, I mean, Fox has two X-Men movies coming out. Yeah. Presumably next year. There's New Mutants, which was put on the shelf. That movie was supposed yeah, to come out right. already. Yeah. And it's not yeah. coming out until next Next August is what I'm yeah. looking it up on Wikipedia right now. It says August 2019 is when New Mutants yeah, is coming crazy. out, and then it has Dark Phoenix's release date is uh, Valentine's Day of 2019. Um, so I, that's really weird. Yeah, and Isn't Fox would even have a presence there too. Like yeah. they had their individual. It almost feels like the Fox TV shows are doing really well, right? Yeah. So The Gifted and Legion, and even like um, uh, Runaways. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I haven't watched Runaways, but I've heard that's doing really well and it's really good and stuff. So I wonder how much maybe they're just like letting that kind of ride. Right. I, I, mean, I don't know. You're right. It is a it's weird thing, though, where you're like, Dark feel the Phoenix, Dark Phoenix is a main series X-Men movie that yeah. comes out in seven months. And, yeah, And exactly. we've seen or heard nothing about it. it like, yeah. what a strange... I would have thought for sure this Comic Con would have been like we would have oh, for sure. anything yeah. from it. It's yeah. yeah, and that under advertisement's kinda of like you were saying, Sean, you kinda of felt the difference or the lack of that extra advertising or just content. Yeah. I think D C as much as they possibly could took advantage of that absence. Because oh, imagine yeah, yeah. if Marvel had as much of presence as they usually do. I think yeah, oh, D C yeah. would have still gotten their airplay, but it would have been lost in a much more crowded shuffle, right? Yeah, been absolutely. So much... And so I think, honestly, this good good for DC. I say because if, if you know if Disney wants to pull out and not release their content, well, other people are going to rise to the occasion, right? Right. This is yeah. kind of it. Kind of did feel like it was Warner's and DC's year as far as the studio side goes because their past years in recent history where DC's presentation has 
been almost the joke. Right. Like, where people online will compare whatever they put out to, like, oh, the the Infinity War, whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever Marvel's doing over here on this side, like, it's kind of been, kind of, I mean, I remember, punchline. It reminds me of, I think, maybe three years ago, Ryan and I were actually in the DC panel that year, and it was when they basically announced Justice League, or they, like, brought in all the actors and the directors of each of the playing Justice League movies, and this was well, be- you know, before, just like, and it was like, this is going to be a huge thing, and, and it did get a lot of publicity, but it was the same year that I think, like, all of the Avengers came out, or all the Civil War people came out, like, you know what I mean? So, right. and it, it just completely divided the media attention. Right, And exactly. it totally is. It's like, and, and and this year, there was not the divide. Like, if you talk to anybody about the biggest trailers out of Comic-Con this year, they're all going to be these, right? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's all Warner trailers. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah, you're right. It, good for good for them. They right. Hopefully, it, you, well, hopefully <laughs> films are good. Hopefully these movies are <laughs> so good. deserved. Yeah. Right. right. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it just in terms, like I said, the kind of broader sp- aspect, it, it was kind of a... Not strange, but just like a little different in terms of how the crowds worked and and that kind of hype and craziness. There there was maybe not quite as much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was just no. As someone who's gone, you know, like we said for so long, you you notice even these small changes. You definitely pick up on those. Yeah. Things. Um, but uh, yeah. What other? I mean, and then Ryan and I. I, I mean, we went to a couple of other panels. We mm-hmm. we tried to make it a couple of the Hall H things. Ryan mentioned Kevin Smith, but we went to like some small like. Like Star Trek things, like really small yeah, nerdy well, Star Trek panels. Why don't you go ahead and tell me about that stuff? Because I'm I'm looking on Comic Con lists, and I think we've covered all the big, yeah, the big, big ones. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. why don't you tell me about just some of those things that probably a lot of people didn't get experience or whatever? Uh, yes. Well, um, we we ended up going to a couple just like fan like fan how, Star Trek. What's how's the fandom going? And it was in uh, one of the offsite venues at the library which is actually a cool place and it was kind of nice because it was away from the crowds but um and it was a smaller panel but a lot of ways those smaller panels are again if you've never been to comic-con or gonna go or plan on going definitely make a point of going to those smaller things because those as as fun as those big panels are those small ones are so much more intimate you they're so much more personal um you get to like feel like you connect with the people on the panel and the audience a little bit more and those what we went to a handful of those and so it was yeah. just like some podcast or yeah podcasters who basically like we're just like fans like talking about star trek and this is what we like about the new star trek show and what we didn't like and and uh a couple people talking about like hey how did i start my podcast and just like I just did it because it was fun and want to talk to my friends and they were just schmoes, just guys, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so those were fun. We went to a panel of um, showcasing the art of uh, Amano. Um, What's his his first name, Ryan? Uh, He's Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Japanese. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I I can't think of it right now, but he's a really prolific Japanese artist. If you've, played any of the Final Fantasy games, you recognize it, but he also does, I mean, he has a lot of mainstream comic book, you know, Marvel and stuff that it's a very watercolory um, kind of art style. He's done, I don't know, lots of different things, but uh, anyways, he was there and he like had this panel, which was really cool. And then he, in live in front of the room, he painted like this picture in watercolor. Like, and so it was kind of weird because it was like 20 minutes of silence as this guy's painting. Yeah. <laughs> like everyone was just like, you know, enthralled of him painting this weird dragon demon thing. Like this, it was, it was really cool. Um, yeah, it was cool. And uh, what else? Went to a couple other ones. 
Uh, uh, we went to the two cartoon voices. Or, or, or I, oh, that's right. I went, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, 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 I used to always try to make a point to go mm-hmm. to that back when I went. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. I make it a point to make it. They do two every year, and I always make it a point to go to at least one. This year, I made it to two, to two of them. Um, they're fantastic as always. They're just so much fun and it well why don't you go ahead and talk about a little about what it is oh yeah so what they do is um it's the same host every year and i can't think of his name but he's fantastic and they have maybe five or six of maybe some of the leading voice actors in the in the business either video games cartoons uh voiceovers commercials um you know all that kind of stuff uh go on the panel men and women and they'll kind of each talk about you know, where do you know their voice from? And, you know, they each can do, you know, 500 different kinds of voices, but they might say like, oh, I'm like one of the panel, one of the panelists was the guy that does Red Bull gives you wings. Like, and it's just like, oh man, (laughs) I, I've heard him say that on the TV. I know him. Um, Of course, that's like the least of his roles. Of course, he's done, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, Anyway, uh, and then what they do is they'll do a, a dry reading or a cold reading um, where they'll be handed a script that they've never seen before, assigned, you know, uh, maybe two or three different roles in that script, and then have to just read it cold, um, doing different voices as they go through the plot. And it's always like some, you know, what is it, nursery school or uh, mm-hmm. storybook. Story. One of the years I went, my favorite, my, probably my favorite one, they did George Orwell's uh, War of the Worlds radio broadcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, I don't think I remember that one. That was, it was hilarious. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, in, in addition to these people just being super talented voice actors, so they can do whatever voice they just come up with, um, they're also just really funny and just spontaneous, impromptu kind of people. So they can just ad-lib on the fly and kind of embellish the script as written and so the whole audience is left in stitches whereas you know if you were to read the script by yourself sitting at your desk you know just yeah it would be the most boring script ever but because these people are such great entertainers um it's just absolutely hilarious and it just kind of puts a spotlight on the talent level that goes into voice acting that i think is is so easy to forget because you know if you're watching a cartoon you just oh this this animated character is producing these sounds and they're great, but you kind of forget that there's a super, super talented team behind it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I like that. It, you know, they really spend the time and care to show and appreciate the art of voice acting. Yeah. I, I was talking about this with Maeve the other day, cause we were playing video games and, and uh, we were talking about uh, middle earth shadow of Mordor and how many just like, because that game has that system where it like randomly generates oh, the generals, yeah, the and how yeah, they, how many how much recording they have to do all the grunts and battle sounds mm-hmm. for all the different. But not even that. She was t- talking about I don't know if it was, it was at I think she was she went to one of the uh, cartoon voice panels one year, and they were talking about how people who record video game voices like like can only do their sessions can only be so long sometimes oh, because yeah. it, it kills their vocal cords right. and and you cut and like just screaming. You know, like oh, like you kill a bad guy in a video game and he screams. Like someone had to record that, yeah. you know, however many times to get the right take, or yeah. however many different variations, and like it's it's a whole art that goes into it. And you, you know, people who use their voice as their tool for their job, you know, they have to keep their their vocal cords in what you know good con- working condition, and it's a whole th- bunch of stuff that you don't really think about. <clears throat> Yeah, they they talked about that. A couple of them talked about it because a lot of them are 
you know, video game voice actors who we've all, I'm sure, heard them screaming and dying thousands of times in games we play and don't even recognize it. But they talk about how much the strain on voice and like how directors will tell them, okay, now die as if you were on fire, right. you know, and now die if you as if you were on fire falling off a cliff. Okay, now die as if you're on fire getting stabbed, and now die like. Tell, and they have to do this for hours, and like each scream has to be different, and like you, you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. and and how one of them was even saying that like he would be called back year after year after year, or they would maybe switch a director in the middle of a session, and then they would ask him to start all over again, and finally he's just like, you know, I can't, sorry, I'm not gonna do that, I can't, I can't, like you have everything I recorded, there's no reason for me to record over this because I'm gonna blow out my voice, and that that's my tool. I can't work without that. Like, you, like I, you got to respect that. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, it, and yeah, it's just hilarious. And, 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 um, and kind of going into even what Ryan mentioned earlier with the kind of Kevin Smith thing too. But like one of the things that the host of that cartoon voices panel said this year, and maybe he said in the past, but I don't remember um, that kind of really kind of struck home for me or struck true is he said, you know, a lot of the panels and a lot of Comic-Con is just about product. And and it is. Yeah. I mean, to take a very cynical point of view, and not even cynical, but just a pragmatic, pragmatic <laughs> oh, no. point of view. Oh, no. Uh, it is about product. Yeah. And as much as we get excited for all these things, uh, in a lot of ways, it is a product, right? But he, he said something that really is, he's like, you know, as much as these uh, panels are, are, you know, there's a, lot of pod- there's a lot of panels at Comic-Con about product. But my favorite panels are the ones I really cherish are the ones about people. And and I think that kind of hits home with what we were kind of talking about in terms of what Comic Con is yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And how how that panel was one of my favorite moments, and how the Kevin Smith panel, like in a lot of ways, is just like that's that's just like a moment in Comic Con. It's a moment when we're talking about walking around the hall, and like that's what it is about. It's about the people, and that's when I, I think if you kind of learn to recognize that, that's when you're gonna understand and have the most fun at comic-con yeah sean i'm so so glad you reminded me of that moment because that yeah that actually was you know i had there's every year is great but this year i think i had this different kind of experience where it was i kind of started to understand like a like this this different kind of higher level um i don't know aspect to to comic-con where i think the panel host described it perfectly like that is that in that moment where he said like yeah this this is one panel where we get to celebrate people. We get to put a spotlight on yeah. the people rather than a movie coming out or a TV show. And those are fine. Those are great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that panel is all about the people. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I think that it is kind of, yeah, it kind of just really helped build up that ex- experience that I had this year of, um, yeah, being a little bit more than it, it has been in the past, I guess. And I think too, kind of to counter like what you've mentioned in terms of like how fan culture in in some ways has has taken on a corrosive and kind of Mm -hmm. toxic edge to it in a lot of ways. I I think those moments are are like the 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 salve to that. Like they're the thing that kind of like refresh and invigorate us and and make at least help me remember and recognize and is uh, you know in those moments we're just like god i hate everything i hate online i hate going online yeah, I hate, like yeah everything is like it's like no wait there there is a reason i like these things there's a reason i got into these things and i that that just boom reinvigorated me and made me recognize that again yeah like, yes i'm i'm I, I can be proud to be a fan of this or you know like this or nerd out about this i can be happy with this yeah I don't, like it, it's not this toxicity. That's not what this is. And, and I don't know. Yeah, And one of the things I wanted to mention too, is that 
earlier in the week, uh, maybe it was Thursday, but one of the Star Trek panels, I think it was that we went to, um, mm-hmm. and I don't remember who it was that said it, but on the panel, he was kind of talking about uh, IP ownership, I'll call it. Um, and he was yeah. kind of saying that, you know, we're all so, so lucky that we get to experience oh, yeah. all this great content fiction just just stuff like mm-hmm. these magical imagine imaginations of these creators they put it all together we have great actors blah 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 and at the end of the day like we we as fans don't get to own that right yeah. we make it maybe we can like hold it in our hearts or our minds but we don't get to own that we don't get to own the ip or the culture or anything we are lucky that we get to experience that and that that yeah. just kind of like set the stage for me experiencing this entire week at Comic-Con and put it in that framework where yeah, I I am so happy that I get to experience these things and I get to remember the original reasons why I did love them. And I'm still I can I'm allowed to dislike something. That's that's fine, but I don't get to own it. Um and I think that's something that it really kind of helped mm-hmm. maybe reconcile with all this kind of, like you are saying, the toxicity that there is with a lot of fandoms right now. And, um, yeah, so I think that that was, I th- hope, hopefully anyone that's listening can try to pull out some sense out of what me and Sean just said and help them reconcile with that too. Uh, cause yeah, any fandom that you're in right now, I feel like it's almost inescapable, inescapable to some level, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up too. Cause yeah, I remember, I, I won't ever remember it, but yeah, I, I love that. What he, when he said that too. Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Cool. Great. Well, Great. I think that's a. I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's probably a good place to to maybe yeah. end because yeah. we're. Uh, this one got real long, but yeah, yeah, yeah got long. Week, you guys, Comic Con's a beast. You guys got yep. to the heart of it. You guys figured it out. You guys figured Comic Con we, out. We figured we out Comic Con, guys. Excellent. Yep. Good. We're all better people for it. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Yep. You guys have anything else you wanna you wanna touch on? Oh, I do. Clone Wars is coming back. Yay! <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I that, and again that that wasn't even at Comic Con, but right. they announced it during Comic Con. But um, no, they, they actually, announced yeah. it at the uh, the fan panel. They had oh, a, did they? they had a Star oh, Wars. Oh, okay, a, it was at the they fan. They had panel, a okay. they Clone Wars fan panel, and they, and they announced it there. And it was okay. one, it was in one of the small rooms. But uh, yeah, I don't, okay, I don't have awesome. much. I don't have much insight or deep anything deep to say other than yeah awesome i love clone wars yeah okay. i'm i'm excited with like uh i am i'm in, in like curious about it too but i'm excited i like that show so yeah i guess uh, yeah I, I was gonna say we can mention the dragon prince thing or whatever but i missed that panel uh, that's so right. maybe don't talk about that yeah i missed that panel Dang too it. but yeah, I don't <laughs> terrible fans if you like dragons and princes and i guess maybe you like i guess if show. you like avatar i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know whatever okay cool well should i should i wrap this up then yeah what do you say all the words on the thing oh i had it all up before my computer crashed Uh oh all right how will they know where to listen to us well this has been after the credits a yum chunks podcast um i don't know where you're listening to us right now but uh, lots of places to listen to the show um we are on google play we're on itunes we're on pocket casts we have an RSS feed. Um, we are also on YouTube. Um, if you're listening to us on YouTube, um, feel free to leave a comment if you want to contact us. Other ways to get in contact with us, we are at yumchunks at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the yumchunks. Are we, wait, is it yumchunks or the yumchunks on Twitter? You guys are I think it's the. On Twitter, it's the yumchunks at gmail.com. Yes. 
Um, like I said, you could leave us a comment or any other thing on YouTube. You could do that too. Um, you know, say anything you want. I don't care at this point. I'm not at this point. I'm not going to be picky. Say whatever you want. You <laughs> don't care. There you go. And tell them. Tell them what we got coming next. What do, What do we have coming next? I don't. know. I was hoping you tell <laughs> well, them. We, tell we, us we, at the same time. We discussed. We discussed doing something about the 10th anniversary of Sosin's comment, but that was that's true. That was a couple days ago. So. Well, we can still do something for it's, it, maybe. An Avatar uh, episode, yeah. an obligatory where young chunks, and only reason why anyone knows about us is because of Avatar. Yes. So. We yes, we should do something Avatar related soon. Uh, I think we should do that. I mean, the thing is that the summer season, in terms of movie wise, is kind of coming to an end. Right. So it'll maybe give us a chance to kind of branch out a little bit more. What we try to like, some maybe some more TV yeah. shows. We should probably um, we some should, other things. We should brainstorm. We should we should have yeah a brainstorm. Session. We should talk about come up with a list of possible ideas. And, and if you have suggestions for us, give them to us. What do you want to have us talk about? There you go. We'll Maybe we'll do that and talk about it. We'll figure it Maybe out. Not. We never talked about any of the uh, the core comics that we could, we could maybe do that. I don't know. That's true. I haven't. I mean, I I own them. I haven't read them though. So many possibilities. <laughs> There's lots of possibilities. There yeah. you go. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>